the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You can dig Jesus up. Jesus, you're no longer going to be the foundation of the church. And we're going to put our personal opinions in. We're going to have a whole new gospel altogether here. And Paul says, hey, when you become a worker in the kingdom of God, you cannot dig Jesus up and lay any other foundation other than the one that's already been laid. This is his church. This is his book. And this is his plan for God's people to do the work and to build the church of Jesus Christ. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Welcome to Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. We are here every weekday at this time to share the good news of Jesus and to lift up his name to this city. No matter if you are listening right now from your car or at home or in your place of work, we believe that today's sermon from Pastor Dudley will be a blessing to everyone. So if you can, get out your Bibles and let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message. Good morning, good morning. Take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. At the end of chapter 2, Paul talks about a spiritual man. And a spiritual man or a spiritual woman is someone who's been saved. And the moment you are saved, the instant you are saved, God puts his spirit inside of you. And so at that moment, you have self and you have the Spirit of God. And they do battle 24-7 inside every person here. There is a spiritual civil war that is going on. And you have two choices. I want you to write this down. You can either die to yourself and live your life being led by the Spirit of God that's within you. Or you can die to that Spirit even though it's there. Just say no to the Spirit, and you can live according to yourself. It's your choice. It's an option. For many people, it's like a light switch. It goes up, it goes down. Sometimes you're a spiritual man. Sometimes you're a carnal man. So chapter 2 ends talking about what is a spiritual man. But chapter 3, Paul begins to address people who are saved. You are saved. You have the Spirit but the light switches down, you're living a carnal life. Two things, major things. Number one, he calls them worldly. You are the worldly. You are mere infants in Christ. If you're a saved man, a saved woman, but you're living a carnal life, you're worldly. You're just an infant in Christ. He basically calls them a bunch of babies. Now, to be clear, he's not complimenting them. He's being brutally honest with them. And the first thing that he says, you guys are delusional. You think you're so spiritual because they were having these little arguments. And, you know, whenever you're arguing, you think you're right and the other person's wrong always, right? 
you're the spiritual one. He goes, I could not talk to you as spiritual. You're not spiritual, but you're worldly. You're mere infants in Christ. Verse 2, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you're not ready for solid food. There are two kinds of babies. Write this down. Number one, there are physical babies. Those are newborns. You're inside your mother's womb for nine months. You are a human being inside your mother's womb. Bible says that before you're born, that all the days of your life have been written down by the Lord God. Number two, write this down. There is what's called a spiritual baby. And a spiritual baby is a new convert. This is someone who just got saved. You've you've only been a Christian a few days, a few weeks, maybe a few months. In John chapter 3 is where you find this phrase, being born again, even as an adult. It's a spiritual birth. You're saved. You just got saved. You don't know much as a Christian. And yes, you're going to make a few mistakes. But because you're just a brand new Christian, you are a spiritual infant in Christ. Now, here's the situation in Corinth. The church was filled with people who had gotten saved, praise God. They should have been maturing They should have been growing, but they weren't. Paul had been there for about 18 months. And imagine sitting at the feet of the Apostle Paul, listening to him teach day by day, week by week. And then he had left. He's now been gone five years when he writes the letter to 1 Corinthians. So some of these folks have been saved for almost seven years. Now, it's okay for a baby to act like a baby if a baby is a baby. But after a certain period of time, A person should move from babyhood into adulthood. And if you don't move into adulthood, then something is wrong. And Paul is saying, you're delusional if you think that you're spiritual when what I hear is going on in that church, you guys are all childish. What I hear coming out of that church. Because you're still dependent. Write that down, number two. You're dependent. He says in verse 2, and Paul, what he's saying here is, is I've had, I have to feed you milk because you're not able to handle the deep things of God. There are three stages of eating. Number one is where someone has to feed you. Every single person, including you, every one of you, when you were born, you could not feed yourself. Someone fed you. If they hadn't fed you, you would not be here today. That's stage number one. Stage number two is when you learn how to feed yourself. Praise God. We've all learned how to do that. Amen? Some of us better than others. And I tell you what, I am really good at feeding myself. I'm good at that. The third level, you're actually able to feed others, which some of you right now are doing. You're helping. You have to feed other people. That's that's good. It's a sign of maturity. Now, here's the question. That's all physical. Spiritually speaking, where are you on those three levels right now? Are, Are you someone who... The only time you ever learn the Bible is where you come and someone spoon feeds you? Or are you able now on your own? You open up the Word of God and you just learn stuff because you're, you're, you're that mature. You can feed yourself spiritually. Or are you at a point where you've learned so much about the Word of God that you're actually able to teach others, to teach a class or to lead a life group or to, or to mentor someone who does not know the Word of God? And Paul is basically saying spiritually, spiritually speaking, You're still in your diapers. And then he says, number three, and this gets worse, you're divisive. This is worse than being just a baby. You're actually actually trying to set the church backwards. 
with your divisiveness. He says in verse 3, you are still worldly since there is jealousy and quarreling. You know jealousy and quarreling are the two traits of children? If you put two children in one room with one toy, you should see the fighting that goes on over that one toy. Are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men? What is a mere men? What is that? A mere man is any man who is unsaved. If you're a man here today and you're not saved, you'd say, hey, I'm not a Christian. Hey, you know, I put you up here on stage. You are just, you know what you are? You're just a mere man. You're just a man. Now, if you're a man and you're saved, which I think is most of you here today, If you're saved, the moment you got saved, God put his Holy Spirit inside of you as a man and a woman. You are actually the temple. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit of the Holy God. You're not just a mere man. You're housing God's Spirit inside of you. You with me? So... Look at verse 3 again. Look at verse 3 again. You're still worldly, for since there's jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not act, you're acting like someone who's not saved. You see, they had three guys. With this text and another text, there were three people, Peter, Paul, and Apollos. And the whole church was divided. That's what they were fighting over. Some people like Paul, some people like Peter, some people like Apollos. And so the church was divided over. They were following these different men. And Paul says that's worldly, that's carnal, it's wrong. Look at verse 4. For one says, I follow Paul, and another another says, I follow Apollos. Are you not acting like mere men? And he's basically saying, you all need to grow up. You you call yourself spiritual. You're not spiritual. You're worldly because you're following after these men. You're, You're causing division in the church. Instead of being worldly, Paul says, you need to be one of the workers. Okay? You need to come along and get involved. Stop dividing the church and start building the church and realize that you have an assignment by Christ. Christ has an assignment for you. I want you, I got three things. Write this down. You've heard of the Great Commission in Matthew 28. We're to go into all the world and make disciples and baptize them. That's Matthew 28, the Great Commission. We are commissioned co-workers. We're in this thing together. It's not just me. It's not just you. It's not just Paul. It's not just Peter. It's not just Apollos and who we're going to follow. We're in this thing together. Let's look at verse 5. I want to read through this. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 5. What, after all, is Apollos? And what is Paul? You guys are making such a big deal about it. You know who we are? We're only servants through whom you came to believe. As the Lord has assigned to each his what? Task. We all have a task. He says in verse 6, you know what my task was? I planted the seed. That's all I did was plant a seed. Apollos came along and watered it. And you know who made it grow? God made it grow. So neither he who plants, me, he who waters, Apollos, is anything. Stop putting your trust in us. We're nothing. But only God who makes things grow. Verse 8. The man who plants and the man who waters have but one purpose. Each will be rewarded according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow, what? Workers. We're co-workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. 
instead of fighting, instead of quarreling, instead of dividing the church, you need to realize that God, God is building this church. And you and I have been assigned task. And you need to fulfill your task. We each have an assignment, a task that has been assigned to us by God. Two things about that assignment. Number one, if you can remember that your task in the church was assigned to you by God, number one, it will help you from being discouraged. Because if you're doing your job just for you, guess what? You're going to get discouraged. But the second thing that happens when you understand your task was given to you by God, it motivates you to do your best because the assignment was from God. And as we work together, as we build together, write this down, we are carefully constructing. We're not just building any building. He said you are God's building, didn't he? We're not building a roller rink here. That's not what we're doing. Hey, get the woods and make sure we have the best wheels. We've got to have the best shoes. And let's build a bowling alley. We, God didn't call us. We're not building a bowling alley. We're not building a gas station. We're not building a movie theater. What are we building here? We're building God's building, God's church, God's family, God's field. Look at verse 10. He said, by the grace given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder. He was an expert, expert builder, but man, he was when it came to the church. I laid a foundation as an expert builder, as someone else and someone else's building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds. Next verse. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Oh, write this down. This is important. There can only be one foundation to everything we do here. And that foundation has to be Jesus Christ. Now, Some churches, because you could do this, you can dig Jesus up and move him over and build your church based on political correctness if you want. You can dig Jesus up and move him over and build your church on modern morality, which is immorality. You can dig Jesus up Jesus, you're no longer going to be the foundation of the church, and we're going to put our personal opinions in. Or we can build a whole church just built. Jesus, you're no longer, we're going to have a whole new gospel altogether here. And Paul says, hey, when you become a worker in the, in the kingdom of God, you need to realize that there is no, you cannot, you cannot dig Jesus up and lay any other foundation other than the one that's already been laid, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Because... This is his church. You are his people. This is his book. And this is his plan for God's people to do the work and to build the church of Jesus Christ. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And there will be, write this down, there will be contrasting compensation. There will be contrasting. We're not all going to be compensated in the same way. You need to understand that every man, every woman, you're going to face three kinds of judgments. Three judgments you will face. You say, well, I thought it was only one. No, ho, ho, you didn't read your Bible. 
Every person will face three judgments. Number one, you will face judgment as a sinner. Now the question is when? When does that judgment take place? Some of you are a little confused. You think it's out there in the future when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back. Uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. It already took place, praise God. You've already passed that judgment when you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Your judgment as a sinner is forever gone in the graveyard of God's forgetfulness. Romans 8.1 says this, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those of you who are in Christ Jesus. The next two verses in Romans tells us, Because Jesus took our judgment and set us free from the law of sin and the law of death. Our judgment for our sins took place at Calvary. 2,000 years ago, God judged Jesus. God sentenced Jesus that you and I might be set free. Jesus was judged in our place. I am forever justified by his precious blood. Second kind of judgment is a son. He's going to judge me as a son. Now, when I sin, I didn't say if I sin, I said when I sin. Some of you thought I was perfect. <laughs> I, I said when I sin. God does not judge me judicially for the sins that I commit. He did that on Calvary 2,000 years ago. But he will judge me for my sins today and punish me today as a son, as his child. I want to read to you Hebrews chapter 12. It says, you have forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as sons. My son, everybody say my son. Do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Because, verse 6, the Lord disciplines those that he loves, and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. Verse 7, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons, for what son is not disciplined by his father? Oh, I hope my son is paying attention today. Verse 8, if you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children, and you're not true sons. Moreover, verse 9, we have all had human fathers, boy, I did, who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of our spirits and live? Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. But later on, however, it produces a harvest 
of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Do you understand the difference? Judicially, if, you're, if you've put your faith in Christ, your sins are covered on the cross, on Calvary. But even today, if you go commit sins, today, he's not going to send you to hell for those sins. He judged that that was done back on the cross, but he will discipline you. He's going to, he going, you're going to be judged for the sins you commit in this life. Amen, amen. But there's a third judgment, and that is you will be judged as a servant. But I want to read this. Go back to 1 Corinthians 3, verse 12. I'll just read it and explain it real quick. If any man builds on this foundation, you're doing your work using gold, silver, or costly stones. That's all good. Or maybe you cheat and just use wood, hay, or straw. Reminds me of Little Red Riding Hood. His work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it into light and it will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he's built survives, he will receive his what? His reward. You see, we have contrasting compensation. But if it's burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved. You're not going to lose your salvation. But only as one escaping through the flames. Now, what does that mean? I think what that means is that God's going to hold us accountable for what we do and why we do it. I think it means that he is able to determine, as only God can, he somehow has this formula with our abilities, the assignments that he's given to us, and he measures that up against our attitudes and our motives. And on that day, if what you've done was done for yourself, there'll be no reward for you. But if you did it for him, that there will be reward. Are you in this for yourself? And the first time someone offends you, you're going to quit and go home? And just, I'm not going to, I got my feelings hurt, I'm out of here. Well, you obviously don't realize that God was the one who gave you that assignment. And you do that job for him, not for you. And come on back. And let's get to work. And let's build God's building, his kingdom. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. 
We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, One Thing. These scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.